Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, we have Heather Crimson. Heather, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today with you. Yes, I am too. Yes, a great conversation. But before we get started, I want to read Heather's introduction real quick. So here we go. Heather is a licensed psychotherapist, certified circadian clinician, and a classical homeopath. She mentors women to increase their resilience by connecting with nature and their bodies and hearts and prioritizing beauty enjoy. I love that. I mean, it's ah so good. It spoke to my heart. That's for sure. Oh, good. So let's well, get into point, this. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. It is. I know it's that connection piece. And mm-hmm. uh, I think finding that way back to nature has been mm-hmm. one of those like life altering thoughts that you can actually put into action. So, so tell us a bit of your story, like the whole story. And then how did you find this realm? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a big one. It's a long <laughs> one at this age, but um, buckle up, people. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'll try not to, to be too long-winded about it because there's so many interesting curves and you know highs and lows. But the essence of it, Nicole, is that I kind of look at my whole life as this tapestry of is it is it their connection happening? Is there disconnection happening? And how has that impacted me as a human on this planet? Because I entered the world, I, I do like. I haven't been a very spiritual person until recently when I started getting more into the whole quantum part and understanding the energy aspect. 
Cause as a therapist for years, I was like, Oh, the energy stuff, you know, poo poo. Like I felt, I was so ignorant. Like I had no idea about <laughs> what so you're classically trained really in that. Huh? Yeah, so you like, you're, you're like the, the classically trained yes. therapist, right? Okay. Yes. I, I think that's an important piece because you yes. can weave your way out of that kind of stuff, you know, but that's part of your journey though. You know, mm -hmm. like that's an important piece to it. So, yeah, it is. It is. It was me wanting to connect with people right in my own healing journey and then seeing the impact um, socially on what happens when we aren't connected or we have some mostly socially incurred trauma, not like car wreck trauma or whatever, you know, but what I call attachment trauma. So the way I see it is that I came into the world with this whole my spiritual mission, if you will, is about finding like connecting to my own self and the world in a on a foundation of safety, because I got I had a lot of trauma. Um, my mom was young when she had me, she had uh, a lot of her own trauma, not blaming anyone, you know, but it's passed along generationally. Mm -hmm. And she was so young, and she didn't really she she did her best. Like, I don't blame her anymore. I used to have a lot of anger about it, which kind of probably led to some like digestive issues. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, right, the liver and gallbladder. Um, but anyway, so because she she was still growing up and she had a lot of self medicating she did with substances like for pretty much her whole life, and so that led to some neglect for me, which was you know it's interesting as you I did a lot of training in somatic trauma work as a psychotherapist, and I had no idea that neglect is more damaging than say sexual abuse or verbal emotional abuse because you're in a vacuum you're in a void and there's literally no way to access the the it's almost like you're just terrified because you're all alone as a kid and you alone. don't know what to do so i've learned to have a lot of compassion and grace for myself for my shortcomings if you will and my struggles because it's like that's really hard to get at and that's where the connection piece comes in so I had my own, you know, coping strategies. Like when I was a freshman in high school, like I had a raging alcohol problem and, oh you know, just blacking out all the time. And sometimes I don't share this stuff because I think for some people it's a little bit much and overwhelming. But now I'm at the point like I just really don't, really don't care. So this is my story and it is what it is. So over the years, I, um, I basically went in from, I got out of that, thank goodness, removed myself from that situation. And then in college, I started to kind of lead more towards um, more healthy lifestyle. And I eventually started working at a natural food store. And that's when it opened up this whole new world about nutrition for me. That was like yeah. in 1992, I think. And um, a, a lovely lady. And she taught me, you know, the foundation of the whole like, you know, natural foods, nutrition from that perspective. And I learned a lot of stuff. So in my mind, it was always about diet, like diet, diet, diet. Mm -hmm. And I did dieted hardest, the hardest of anyone in the macrobiotics. I don't know if you've even heard about that, <laughs> right? It's this Japanese inspired diet by Michio, I forget his name. Anyway, so I'm eating the brown rice and I'm eating the seaweed and the tofu and I'm making <laughs> my own seitan, my own mochi and my own amasaki. Like I did oh it all. Oh my gosh. Seaweed and all wow. that. And meanwhile, my gut just got worse and worse. And I'm like, I'm not doing it well enough. I'm, I got to do it harder. I do more. Yeah. And you know how that goes. And it just, I mean, it's not good. So eventually I found Weston A. Price, thank God. And I started to incorporate more animal foods and animal fats. But so the piece around connection is I always felt like 
this sense of not being connected to my own self, my own body, not not settled in my own experience and my on my insides, like always feeling anxious. Now, a lot of that was from the trauma. And I didn't realize how much um, circadian biology affected your sense of safety in your body and has an impact on you at a cellular level, like the cell danger response, right? That your cells actually have, my cells were actually conditioned to expect danger because of all the trauma that I went through. And I didn't realize, I didn't know anything about circadian until about 2018. So all those years I'm trying to do diet and nutrition and this and that and the other. And my way of being emotionally, sort of my emotional home, if you will, was to like push effort override my fear because i'd be like you know this is the thing about people trauma it's like i'm not good enough and mm-hmm. I, you know it's scary and people are not safe and just all this like ah, in my head so i would push myself to do things because everything felt super intimidating and scary to go out in the world like say working for the government like i used to do, which was horrible i never recommend that you know <laughs> for children's mental health it was like super stressful but I would like push myself because I had goals. You know, I wanted to get licensed as a therapist. And then there's 3000 hours you got to do for the practicum. I had to pass the state boards, you know, all that crap. But I would push myself and I'd either be like angry or stressed out and scared. So I didn't have any kind of comfortable middle ground where I could land in my body and take a breath long enough to really sense what is going on inside and start to develop that relationship with myself. Right? I was always looking outside to find someone to help me or find a better diet or I maybe it's I need a different supplement or whatever you know I got to exercise harder and why can't I you know be more calm in my marriage <laughs> you know all these things until finally in 2008 I started to kind of take a nosedive in my health and crash and then finally by 2010 I was fully in a chronic fatigue situation where if I had been able to, I would have just stopped working. I was absolutely miserable. It's just done. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So that was whenever, was that when things then started to, you, you really started to put some pieces together for yourself? Um, not for a while. You know, I, I did, I did a more, <laughs> I did GAPS diet. Uh, uh. Right. So I did diet harder, right? I tried more things. I did FODMAPs. I did the SCP. I had so many gut issues for so many years. Horrible gut issues, right? And so I was trying so hard to probiotics. I would ferment everything. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize I had a raging histamine problem. (laughs) And that's just going to exacerbate all of it. I was so miserable. Like I couldn't sleep. I'd be up hours every night. Oh. I was like sleeping with a kerchief under my nose because I just had constant drainage. It was really bad. You know, I'd be losing weight and gaining weight. And I mean, it was a total shit show. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't. And then I, I was depressed. Of yeah, of course. course. Sure. The in my brain. Yeah. The anxiety of my body feeling so inflamed, right? And struggling. And so thank God I was sunbathing in the summers because I was just like, I just, I didn't know what the sun did, but I knew, right. I felt like I needed it. That feels so good. What yeah. happened was where I, the circadian piece comes in is that I, from the whole high ticket coaching I was trying to do, it was very stressful with relationships. Um, I found um, a program in the, they were in the same marketing sort of group I was in. And I'm like, oh, they're doing um, their offers about f- getting over chronic fatigue. 
ah, that's really expensive, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I paid a big chunk of money <laughs> and I invested in myself because I thought, I don't know what else to do. Like I've literally tried everything. I'm not sure what this circadian thing is about because their business name was optimal circadian health or something like that. I'm going to try it because I like literally don't know what else to do. So I did it. And my mind was like, oh, I have this huge missing piece that I literally knew nothing about, right? About how sunlight affects us, yep. how earthing affects us, grounding, how EMF, they went over all the things, all the things that impact our energy. So that's when I started to finally dig my way out of this hole of feeling absolutely like trash more days than not. Like I would be happy if I had a good day every two weeks. I'm like, oh my God, I slept and I have energy, <laughs> right? Because when you wow. have so low of energy, everything feels bad. And so what I wanted to say is that this is where resilience comes in and vitality because I, how it, much it would affect your mindset, as you probably know, is that I would be like, I would look at people who are so happy and I'd be like, I'm envious and jealous and judgmental. Yeah. I'm like, why are they so happy? Like they seem almost artificial. <laughs> right. That's how you look at it though, you know, because that's not how you feel at this moment. How could anybody feel that way? I'm like, yeah. oh, and then all the stories I would create in my head, well, they didn't have the trauma that I didn't. They probably have all this money. I mean, just all this crap that I would tell myself, right? Here's the funny thing though, is that, because it felt threatening, like I want that. Like, how can I get that? When I started to heal and it's been progressively, consistently uh, improving my health. Now it's funny because I see these people who are just like radiant. I'm like, I like run over to them like, hi, who are you? You know, and I want to talk. And it's like the opposite. And that's how profound our body's energy system is, how we're resonating, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It, it's it's incredible that this it's a shift almost. And it and it. I don't know. It seems like one day it just happened. Like it, it's like one day it was like you stop playing that blame game. You stop the life of comparison. You stop the jealousy. And it's like, oh, I can be that too. And I am that right now. And right. it's, it's much better. That's all. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Joe. It's better. so much better. Yeah. So like it, better. it, it's like a huge weight is lifted off of your shoulders and you're just, it's, it's like you have said though, it's like I had to return to myself first mm -hmm. because I can't do anything for anybody else if, if I'm not well. And that's, yeah. and, and that's often missed, I think, in women. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because well, we just give and give and push and push and we don't say no. And then we're the martyrs and then we're resentful. And now we're just doing it to ourselves. So I've really, I've been really working on creating time for me and doing what gives me joy and pleasure and uh, what I desire. And, and it's pretty edgy sometimes, right? Cause we're so conditioned to uh, not devote ourselves to ourselves like that. So I look at this change that I've experienced as all being about energy. Cause I didn't have the energetic capacity to hold the goodness, right? I was so depleted that it led to, worsening gut issues, you know, my sleep was bad, uh, all the ways in which I was energetically deficient because of poor circadian rhythm and sunlight deficiency, I couldn't, I couldn't feel good. And my mind was not good, right? And the emotional home was negative. So I would just basically project that. And that would create difficulty for me finding really good deep friendships, right? It would kind of people would come and go and I'm like, <laughs> What is it? And obviously, who wants to hang out with somebody who's so like 
feeling bad all the time. It's yeah. not very uplifting. And so I didn't have the capacity to hold goodness, to feel calm, to sustain a sense of um, ease and flow, right? And not feel so desperate all the time. So once I learned about all of these principles, I started just consistently hitting it really hard, right? Light environment, um, improving that, dialing that in. Not that it's perfect because my husband isn't really interested in this. So I modify and I mitigate and I go in another room, whatever I have to do. And that's, I think, pretty darn common in our, <laughs> our yeah. circles, right? Really... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not going to force it on anyone. It... I think that's like the biggest thing. And like I get tons of questions. How did you get your husband to get on board? I he, he just saw that I liked it a lot and was interested by it. And then he tried it and he was like, why? This is really great stuff. Like I noticed that I sleep better and I noticed that I have more energy. And it's like, why are we forcing so many things on people all the time? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it has to come from within. Their natural desire and the willingness and the openness to say, hey, that's you seem so different and you seem consistently more positive. I used to have so many mood dips and... I mean, you know, I had like a, a like a hormonal issues, so I would always have that you know roller coaster. Um, and then perimenopause was awful, right? <laughs> the histamine, <laughs> the hot flashes. I mean, I wasn't like the bed wasn't all wet. Like I wasn't yeah. sweating that much, but still, it would wake me up all the time, and it was it's horrible for your sleep. Annoying. Yeah. So unfortunately, I didn't get my um, circadian rhythm information early enough to help balance my hormones before perimenopause because it all happened. Like I found out right in the worst time, right? So I, it's okay. I mean, thank God I found it when I did. But but what I'm really keen on um, conveying is that when we feel good inside, when our cells are nourished, when we are getting the all the spectrum of the light. And we're protecting our neurotransmitters and hormone function by having a morning light exposure, for example, right? And and getting away from toxic junk light at night, especially the flat screens, as you know, the blue light. Mm -hmm. Everything starts to get happier inside. Everything there's energy to run all your bodily processes and to have a euthymic mood. We call it euthymic mood, where you have the actual reserves to pursue what you want to do. Because I think that's the challenge is when people feel depleted, they don't literally have the energy to do what they want or to do the habits, right? It's like, you got to get over that hump of right how to nourish yourself with light to then start to make better choices because you're not in that state of like, eh, eh, you know, oh, I'll just eat more of this sugar or I'll sleep in or... I'm not going to exercise today, right? You don't really even want to because you're flat. Oh, yeah. And, right? So you're resonating that flat energy, which is how I always thought, oh, we create our own reality. That's like so woo. It's true because that's the energy I'm putting out and I'm going to make decisions based on that crappy energy. Low, low. I don't like low vibe. Like that sounds like that's too much for me. But but literally like low voltage though, really. You're running at yeah. a deficit. Right. So I would make choices based on that place of lack and scarcity and depletion and whatever. What was me? Crap. And now it's like, no, I feel hearty enough to think about because, you know, you know how it is like you. I mean, we got all this stuff going on and we want to do all these things and it can be overwhelming if you're not grounded <laughs> for one. 
and have the energy to focus um, and just consistently, you know, take action on what you want to do and then nourish yourself too. Like one of my passions that I'm learning from my spiritual mentor is to prioritize what feels good, which seems so cheesy and silly, but it's like, no, I'm all over that. Right. Because when I focus on being in my body, connecting to myself, it's about what am I actually experiencing right now that feels good as far as in um, sensory experiences. So beauty and what I like, like sense, like aromatherapy or whatever. I like go outside in nature and just feel like all of it washing over me, the birds and the light and all those things that really taking all that in. And understanding that that's medicine for our bodies and our souls and our spirits. Yeah. I, there's an author that I like, Anthony DeMello, and that's what he calls soul feelings. And everything else is a worldly feeling. You know, the things that you're you're told to enjoy and everything, whereas like those those soul feelings are, wow, did you hear those birds this morning? How awesome were they? You know, like that kind of stuff. Or watching a tree blow in the wind and just just looking at it blow in the wind. And, you know, it's like that kind of stuff instead of chasing the next activity or, you know, it's like sometimes you have to say no, you know? Yeah. Well, cause so much of the time we are in survival mode, especially people like yeah. me who are trauma survivors. And it's all about, you know, this sort of not desperation, but sometimes, but like, uh, you know, I got to make sure that I have everything just right. Like it, it, it leads to controlling behaviors. It leads to, panic disorders. I've had so many clients over the years, um, obsessiveness, whatever. And then you're, then you're in this vicious cycle of trying to like calm all that down with either substances or activities that aren't like, that's a vicious cycle, right? Instead of, that's what I want to help people to realize that if you're in survival mode, that means you're not paying attention to what your body is trying to tell you to the emotions that are coming up because you're literally not able to, right? It's not like anyone's fault. It's that people don't realize um, that there's another way. So prior, like using our senses to connect to ourselves, to our heart, to our sense of, you know, there's more out there. There's, there's a greater, right? Yep. Um, there's a greater meaning to life. There's a meaning, yeah. And Absolutely. what is it that I want to experience? Which on the surface, I'm like, oh my God, that's so selfish. No. That's what creates healthy humans. Absolutely. And I think that the the it's understanding we are selfish beings. We are here for we have a purpose for ourselves too. You yeah. know, like I can't keep thinking, oh, I do this for somebody else. Oh, I do this for somebody else. It's like stop, stop. <laughs> stop. Like stop. Like yes. we are selfish beings, and that's okay. Like it's fine. Just stop numbing yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when we have the energy, not only can we um, manage or see what we're doing better, because it's all about that awareness, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I love about Erin Gunzelman's work. If you've seen her, she talks a lot about awareness and uh, she has a metaphysical gravity pod, right? And I'm not an expert in that kind of stuff, like philosophy and da -da -da, consciousness. It's like conscious <laughs> stuff, right? Okay. Like, yeah. So I'm yeah. getting there. But it's if we don't know if we can't see ourselves, if we can't see the possibilities and the goodness in ourselves and others, then we're going to be in that survival. We're reacting versus being intentional and deliberate and uh, conscious and having that awareness be the compass 
we're just like floundering around. So when uh, the way I look at it is when you're nourishing your exclusion zone water with a red and infrared light, when you're in the morning sun and you're getting the light code in your eyes so that your super cosmetic nucleus can make sure that your clocks are all synchronized, the master clock with all the clocks on your cells. When you have the raw materials to make the um, neurotransmitters and hormones, right? All that stuff, as you know, your body feels like safe. And it, I have to say it happens rather quickly. Yes. I, 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 I really try to emphasize that like it, it I, obviously like if, if you are dealing with years of, right. of this trauma experience, but initially you can start to feel a change rather quickly. Yeah. Well, it's because your body, is, the inflammation level is going to go down. Yeah. Right. Your detox processes at night, autophagy and apoptosis yeah. are working better. So I used to wake up so puffy all the time. And I was like, eh, and I feel puffy at night. And then I'm, you know, cause I, I had different infections and gut issues and it's yeah. like, Ugh. so then I would sleep not so well. Now I sleep way better cause I'd have less inflammation overall. And I wake up, of course I have my bed like six inches up on right. my head. Right. <laughs> Drain <laughs> it all out. Drain it. That helps a lot. I love it. And my husband's like, oh my God. But I'm like, it works. So all these things bring down your inflammation right? Your brain is going to work better. Your perception is going to be better. You see how this is like you were saying, Nicole, it all ties together. Yeah. It's, it is incredible. And, and it's, and it's, it's literally like the easiest thing. You know, I know that like, if, if you're in a, in a time of your life where it's like, like, like you've said, like, I just feel ugh. right. The thought of waking up and even at, like, let's say the summertime waking up at five, to go see the sunrise could seem like daunting. Yeah. Do it for three days, and I bet you get up for the fourth. Yeah, you know, like it's so nourishing. It is, it, it, it is, and it's yeah. it's almost kind of indescribable. You know, like the feeling that you get, and I think it's that. I think it has a lot to do too with the soul feeling. Like you're getting that your resonance and like all that kind of stuff. You're hearing the birds. You're watching something. Mm -hmm majestic rise up and it's like <laughs> yes it's so awe-inspiring right I get little chills thinking about it you know like <laughs> it's it's it is so cool like it's like it's designed like it's just that like wow this thing rises and it communicates with me and i mm -hmm. i just you know it's hurry to my like car yeah yeah it put my sunglasses on you know like all that kind of stuff and i'm gonna avoid you know, right. it's that avoidance of things. And it's like, the more disconnected we are from nature, as you know, I think the more likely we are to have mental, physical, and social health issues, because we are going to be running at a deficit, we won't have the energy. So we're not going to have the vitality and then the resilience. Because I mean, things aren't always going to be like, oh, you know, roses. And so we need that, that we need that energetic uh, strength to be able to not only feel the amazingness of being alive, but to also more gracefully and resourcefully weather the challenges. Because I used to get so overwhelmed when things were, I'm like, oh my God, this problem, what am I going to do? And I would just feel like, you know, ah. and um, it would then prevent me from being resourceful and being able to navigate these challenges. So now, 
um, you know, thank God nothing serious has happened lately because I've had so many deaths over the last like 10 or 15 years. Like all my, my close family has passed. Oh my. Everyone. So I've had some seriously challenging moments. Right. And so, um, you know, knock on wood, God forbid anything happens now, but I think about how am I showing up in the world every day to nourish myself and fortify myself? Not, not about like, oh no, when's the next thing happening? But it's, it's, it's about having that overall vitality so that I can fully show up no matter what it is, right? And do what's best for me and those who I love. So. Yes, that's, that's it right there. I, that's show up every day. Right. Because uh, I used to be like, I'm just going to watch this movie and not that I'm, yes. I'm not like judging anyone, whatever gives people pleasure. I think that's good. But I was avoiding, you know. Yep. <laughs> You're not, it's not. It's it. It is like I. It sound. It sounds so insensitive to say that, you know. Well, you're just avoiding. Well, I think a lot of us need to hear more honesty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and if that, and and if that's because, and again, people get to choose. Like I'm all for sovereignty. Like people get to choose how yeah. much they want to be engaged in their life. But Absolutely. I think there are yeah. a lot of people who would like more depth and meaning and are more rich quality to their lives. And, but then they don't have the actual energy to do whatever it is, like go to the farmer's market and plan a meal and actually cut it all up. Like it takes a lot. I'm like, oh, right. peeling, peeling, peeling. I know. <laughs> but I want to do it. So, you know, it, it, yeah. it cuts down all of the like overwhelm. Cause I used to feel overwhelmed so much of the time. I think it's this like epidemic. I hear it, it from is. so many women. It is, it is, it is in the thought I, if you are already feeling overwhelmed, the thought of standing there and peeling, you know, carrots and potatoes could only kind of exacerbate that overwhelm maybe, but it is then like, I look at it from the, the idea of, well, I went and got this food and I'm going to do this because, well, it's going to taste really good and I'm going to put some love into it because I'm going to serve it to myself whom I love and the people that I love as well. You know, like it's, Yes. Yeah. We can't avoid yes. those feelings. No, hmm. no. How but do you coach women your, through that? You're prioritizing the desire for the, for the positive experience, right? Yeah. How do I, how coach do you, through this? I would say, how do you coach someone through that? So here's the, here's the easiest access route is you really, I tap into, so there's always the pain and then underneath the pain is the longing. Oh, always. Right. Ah. So we, we have the pain and then on top of the, it's layered. So on top of the pain, we have coping strategies. So that could be the, like binging on movies, um, eat, eating, whatever. There's all these like obsessive things we can do, compulsive behaviors. Um, we, we get stuck in these negative mental loops in our head, right? That's all the coping strategies to deal with the pain of disconnection from self environment which we are part of but you know nature and others so there's the three right and so that disconnection based on whatever like it could be the um lifestyle it could be unresolved trauma and pain and grief usually it's grief right um it could be that kind of stuff so it could be like past lives you know and people are like i always thought that was like my and I'm like, I yeah, love that that. Kind of stuff. lots of generational trauma it makes sense that it's a multi-generational transmission process of pain and trauma. 
and now I'm learning in homeopathy and it's like, you inherit the the disease energy. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> We're all doomed. No. I know, right? Genetically. So it, it, yeah, there is a lot there. But so we have this layered experience and the way that I access it is to, you've got to validate their coping strategies. Everyone's, we are all doing the best we can at, at any given moment. Now, are there psychopaths? Yes. But I look at them yeah. as really traumatized people who are walking around looking yeah. normal, but they actually are yeah. vacant. They're scary. Nothing. And you can't yeah. tell. Usually you can't tell. <laughs> but um, oh, all personality, all personality disorders are severe trauma. And it's not always like horrific trauma. A lot of it's just this developmental or attachment trauma where it's like consistent shaming, but covertly like subtle, like body language, you know, tone of voice, but consistent. It's amazing how little we've been, uh, we've realized how much attachment trauma affects us as a, as mammals, human mammals. It's really profound. Um, so anyway, so you validate the, what somebody's doing to just be okay and survive every day. That'll then naturally dip into the pain because you, nobody can access their pain if they don't feel seen, heard, and validated and understood, including how we respond to our own pain. Now we're getting into sort of the psycho psychology part. And then that pain has to be worked through. There's no way around it. There's no way. Your body has been holding all of this emotional energy for however many years, and you cannot push it back down or run away from it. You've got it. Like, that's what I do when I do somatic trauma work, which I'm phasing out of the psychotherapy. Like I have barely five sessions a week now because I'm like, I want to do the circadian stuff yeah. and bring that into well-being, Right. And so, but you just have to let your body like bleh, get it out. However it wants to do. If you're going to move or dance or be on the floor, it doesn't really matter. You have to connect to the felt sense of the emotional in your viscera, the emotional sensations, because your nervous system only has sensation as language, does not have words or colors. Your mind it makes that stuff happen, right? right. So you, then once you process these unprocessed emotions, then you get into the liberating the longing. Well, what is that? Which usually it's like an unmet longing or an unmet need. Like I so wanted to be seen by my father or whatever it is, right? I so wish that I could have blah, 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 said what I felt. These kinds of things make such a deep impact on us. And again, if you don't have the energy, Nicole, to be with the intensity of your own experience, you're going to push that shit down. I've seen, I don't know how many clients, like their neck is tight and they're like, the tears are right here, but you know, they're like so much tension in their bodies. And guess what? That has a big impact on your energy flow in your body. Your fascia get all, you know. Oh, yeah. Just a jumbled mess. Tight. Just. Blocks. You get blocks. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the feeling of that release when you are letting yourself finally. I've, I've, I've almost like I, for some reason, a volcano came to mind. Like it is literally like an eruption of years of. Sometimes all of it, it's about half and half. Sometimes that's what it, happens. It's this big, you know, loud, uh, there's intensity. Sometimes it's a little more subtle because it's a finally, a, a sort of a release, uh, okay. uh, just a softening. Yeah. Like I don't have to hold on for dear life anymore. I can allow myself to feel whatever is sadness, um, grief, da, da, da. Right. Wow. 
and there and sometimes there's shaking that's from yeah. the somatic experiencing peter levine's work that's like pronking because it's like you've just held in that emotional energy and it hasn't been able to work through to completion and so your body's just like whoa <laughs> does it include a lot of like fascia work do you include a lot of fascia work too because can't that also yes. can that like some intense fascia work like that can i mean i've seen that kind of stuff i didn't yeah. Just wanted to make sure. I never did that kind of hands-on trauma work. Um, I think you can you can find really good myofascial release people do that. The human garage, they do a lot of trauma and fascial work. That might be where I've seen it, yeah. that the whole yeah. con like it's, it's mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we just store it in so many ways. And I think about some people that always tend to be injured or I don't know, they tear muscles and stuff all oh, the time. I can't, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't help but think that that is just kind of like your body screaming and saying, I can't hold on yeah. this or, or I am not strong enough at this point, but it's not in a sense of like physical strength. It's like, I, I need a little help here. And so it's like, you know, there's so many ways that our body just truly communicates with us. And yep. we just kind of like. The truth off. is always in the body. It's always yeah. in the body. So when clients would ask rhetorical questions, like, why does this always happen to me kind of question? I'm like, okay, now I want you, you're going to actually ask yourself that. And what do you get back? And I will have them tell me because we always know. It's yeah. just that if we actually, if we actually heed the truth, that might mean some things. Uh-oh, maybe I can't do this job anymore. Uh-oh, I have to forgive so-and-so because it's hurting me. Uh-oh, I really can't be in this marriage anymore. I mean, it's like, we got to face the music, right? It's, and pe it's so scary, which I totally get. Like, I have my own stuff. Like, I'm not, like, immune to any of this. I have my own, you know, shadow stuff. And we're always yeah. just in process, right? It never I, ends. Yeah. Wow. Are, are people receptive? I just can't imagine, like, the process that you have to get through to, like, get people to, to do that or even to include more of this circadian stuff. How receptive are people to it at first? Or are they at the point where they're like, yes, I'll try it, I'll, and anything? Like, what's that like? I think it depends on somebody's perception and intentions and their pain level because, to be honest, most – and I haven't pitched it to tons of people, but – the half of the people I pitch it to in therapy, they're not really receptive because they didn't come in for that. They did not sign up for that. And so I honor that. I'm like, okay, I just wanted to mention that, you know, your depression, anxiety, la, 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 I let it go. And there's been a few who, who were like, oh, great, you know, but most people didn't sign up for that. So I look at it as, as you know, as human, the human nature is we aren't like Tony Robbins said, you know, we're not going to change until it's more painful to stay the same than it is to change. So it's really like, what is our motivation? It's either to get away from pain or to move towards something that feels good. But we start off usually wanting to get away from pain, right? Not most people are like, oh, I want to feel so much better. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to suffer anymore, right? Right, right. Wow. How do you handle all of it in dealing with people? like? In you, uh, I you, I just feel like you, as a therapist, I'm sure that you have experienced, heard all kinds of things. What is your ability to be able to process that? Like that's that has to be I mean, intense the too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So early on, um, and I think most therapists go through this. Uh, 
phase of burnout, feeling burned out and overwhelmed and like it's compassion fatigue and it's just a lot to hold space for so much pain and trauma and so forth. So I kind of got burned out. This was a long time ago. So I've been doing this since 2000. So I would feel depleted and like my, I'd get so many calls from potential clients that I like, you know, ah, try to have this, like, no, it's too much. And so I had to make decisions to do things that would, um, for one, help me leave it all in the office because I do need to contain that, the energy and not be, like I've had colleagues tell me, oh my God, I'm dreaming about clients. Like, that's not good. You cannot walk around holding all that energy because then you will be depleted when you return and you show up in a deficient state. You can't serve your client that well. So it sounds unkind, but it's actually mature, wise, professional, ethical, all those things to have a very tight container that you are saying, okay, I'm leaving this here. And if there's like a lot of big energy, big emotion, or like it's sort of, I can feel it in my body. I've seen a somatic experience, uh, experiencing uh, trainer, actually, she's really skilled. And she taught me ways to manage the energy by actual physical movements. Like, you know, you're like off my back, off my back, or you're like, you know, you push it away. You actually do things like that if necessary. Now, I don't need to do that that much nowadays, but you want to make sure that you're connecting with your body and you're noticing what is in you energetically and then uh, move it through, move it through. Mm -hmm. Move it through. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so good boundaries, right? Good boundaries, a clear understanding of what the work entails, a clear focus, the client, like we're working on this. Yes. And then you just hold the space and you do the interventions and then it's like, we're putting it back in the box and you're going home and I'm going home. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's. <laughs> so, but what I want to do, I want to share with you is where I'm moving in the circadian world is that I was my obviously... next question. Yeah. We're on the same page to integrate what I've learned about humans and their psychology and how it connects to their physiology, right? And how it ties into circadian. So it's like, it's a lot. It sounds like a lot, but I want to make it simple. What I want to do is I'm developing a community membership, you know, program that are pretty common nowadays, but I want to have a container where you can learn about the basics of circadian health and some of the quantum stuff too, but just the basics. And, you know, I have the nutrition, I'll have the sleep, I'll have da, 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 and what is circadian. And then I want to have like one Q&A a week to cover the questions about how, like, are you understanding the circadian and what questions you have about how to implement it? Then I want to have a session where I'm just doing mentoring. Like, we're not going to do psychoed as we call it in therapy. Like, we're not going to learn about stuff. We're going to do you. We're doing you right now. <laughs> and whatever's blocking you from whatever you want to do. Right. And then those who are members are going to get discounted um, rates for working more in depth with me one on one. That is an amazing. That's that's amazing. Like, that's wonderful space to go to. Because I don't think honestly anyone else is doing that. I, I think it's probably no. first, uh, one of those models. Yeah. Well, I can't remember. Uh, read it. The book uh, Last Child in the Woods. Mm. And they talk about the concept, what is it, a biophilia or the like eco psychiatry type kind of yeah. stuff. Yes. And that that's 
it's it's utilizing nature with the whole other psychiatry piece to it. Yeah, nature's so, a container. And so I yeah. but I really want to weave in that social aspect. We we don't heal effectively in isolation. And especially women need community. Women need other women. So this is a container for women. Like I haven't decided like, oh, I'm going to have men in there or not because it changes the whole dynamic and the safety is different. And, you know. Sure, sure. Um, but to start off for women, because we need community. Like I didn't start to really feel like I could connect to women and myself until I had more and more safe experiences in containers with women who were also wanting the same thing with a really solid expert mentor. I I feel that. <laughs> How do you feel it? <laughs> I feel that because I I feel like uh, I don't I don't I, I say this often I I don't have a lot of friends I always felt or even growing up like I had some friends where I was always really busy doing like sports and stuff to be able to go to college and like I'll be honest I played volleyball to go to college that was what I did um, but yeah and then you know having kids and then more kids like I just I don't have that group. I will proudly admit my husband is my best friend, but there are times where I'm like, well, like a friend, you know, like a close friend or a group of friends. And it is difficult though sometimes to find friends that um, kind of are on the same page as you. Exactly. You know, and I have found that more like since this circadian kind of community. Um, oh yeah, me too. It's been amazing. It's like opened up this whole new has. world. Yeah. And yeah. I connect so much better. I agree with that completely. It's almost like you're just, it's not a sense of like, oh, I'm better than you. Oh, I know these things. It's not that at all. It's just, I think ultimately I'm searching. I'm, I'm kind of like a, you know, like I feel things, you know, like I feel, I feel things. And, um, I, I look for somebody to kind of match that and not just, be passive and someone that's always looking to, I mean, alcohol is a big thing. And like, you know, mom alcohol time is like important. And, um, I just don't feel that way. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Like connection. Yeah. Like it's right. that connection that I'm, I'm searching for. I'm not searching to have someone just gossip and, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm. You want a meaningful yeah. connection where you're yeah. both uh, interested, your values are pretty similar as far as health and wellness and lifestyle and whatnot. Cause I would have a hard time because of my diet focus before connecting with people. It's like, I don't want to go out and eat that kind of food. And so that's a yeah. big deal. It, it, it hampers your ability to connect with people. It, it does. It really does. Like I have no interest in going out at night or. <laughs> no, I don't. Even, none. <laughs> I'm in bed at like seven 30 at eight right now. And I usually cannot hardly stay awake after eight 30. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm working on that going to bed earlier thing. Um, I'm getting there. It's well, it's like the time I am more tired. It's really weird. I don't yeah. think it's just in my head. I am more tired. I'm sleeping longer. I'm like, well, I'm, going to, I'm supposed to be hibernating. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll be yawning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should go to bed. And then like, you know, my husband, and I look at the clock and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like <laughs> seven o'clock. Like we, and our kids are still like going and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I just want, like, I want to go back and read a book. Like that's all I want to do right now. And well, bless your I'll heart. Get, you're taking I'll get there one day. I know when they're maybe, yeah, the, the kids like to stay up late for a long time. So I don't know when you're going to get to go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. No, I'm just joking. 
If you keep the house in pitch black, maybe they'll be so tired they will fall asleep. They'll be scared to death is what they are. Like my one daughter, she turns on the lights like all over the house. And I'm like, can you stop? And, you know, she's my husband's like, it's because she's scared of the dark. I'm like, even red light light bulbs. Oh, we use all red lights, red and orange. And, you know, I had a light bulb down here in the basement and it was a brighter one. And I took it out and changed out an orange. She was like, no, that was the only bright light we had. (laughs) It's gone. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. That's what I would have. Uh, so my, my, we still have these God awful LEDs in the kitchen. And so I literally wear this Mexican brim hat every night with my red glasses. And then I go in the bedroom and read because I can keep it dark in there. And some people might think like, Oh, it's not good for your marriage. Well, he's happy as a clam out there with the, the TV, with all the blue light. I'm like, no, I would. Yeah. I can't. And we have a solid understanding. Like I, at least he's been open yeah. to hearing about the, why I'm doing the things I'm doing. And he can see how much better I feel. And that actually benefits him. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good thing. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. No. Exactly. Exactly. I can do more cleaning and cooking. It's like, don't you want all the good things? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you could somehow take a picture of yourself in that hat, that would be great. And I actually, if you look on my Instagram, it's right there. I'll on have the to look. Okay. I'll have to look today. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's this bright orange flower on there. It looks hilarious. <laughs> I like it because it's lightweight and easy to wear. Mm-hmm. Well, so before, um, <laughs> before we wrap up, could you give us maybe some of your best tried and true tips? And then I want to make sure that you plug your socials and your podcast. Sure. So. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Yes. Tried and true tips. Yeah. What I are some really things? do think that it all starts with that longing that we all have. What is it that you want to experience? Whether you think about it in terms of physical health, an emotional experience, um, or relational experience. Yes. And then there's, of course, the cosmic spiritual aspect. What are you longing for? What is your deep desire? And then you want to privilege that by taking small steps, even just feeling the longing in your body to feel whatever it is, more resilient, more light, more awake, you know, sleeping better, whatever it is that you want to experience in order to get what you want, because that's what how I felt like it went for me. I had to think about what am I willing to do consistently to get myself on that path this journey of me, right? Usually it's letting go of things that no longer serve us, thoughts, beliefs, um, stuck emotions, pain, whatever, relationships, jobs. You you know, as we get older, it's like I've done so much of this clearing out, yes? And, And letting go of who I thought I should be, what I thought I needed. No, actually it's quite simple. And here's what I want. So naming it, And then taking those steps every day to nourish your circadian rhythm, because that is going to give you the energy to actually work towards your um, desire. So morning light, everybody should probably know this who's been listening to you, right? If you can get out during sunrise and then get out during the hour or so, hour and a half after sunrise, UVA light, and then block artificial light at night. Those two are bookends to your 
dream basically is how I look at it to the path because it's going to, it's going to nourish you deeply to be able to have the energy to do what it is you want in life. It's beautiful. I like the idea that if what the steps I'm going to do consistently, mm-hmm. it's every day. And then every like day. you said, Nicole, you're going to feel so much better. The vitality increases, the resilience increases so that you're going to be able to do more things that feel good for you and that are nourishing more easily. Then you have new habits and now you have more positive energy that's radiating out and you're literally creating your reality with this energy that you're harvesting from the earth and transmuting into your highest self, you know, your true self. You're you're letting go of your not self. That's how I look at it. It all goes together. Absolutely. It 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 does. Like the more and even like the more you keep going with like spiritual work and stuff, it's <laughs> We're not going to go there. (laughs) I know. I know. know. It's so exciting. (laughs) It's so exciting. I will say that. uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, For sure. (laughs) Good. I know. It's another whole whole realm. Someday we can talk about it. I would love that. (laughs) Good. Good. So, So if people want to reach out to me, I welcome any inquiries or questions or whatever. They can email me at heather at enlightenedmood.com. My website is enlightenedmood.com. And Instagram is Heather Crimson, at Heather Crimson. And that's like the color red. Yes. And your podcast. Oh, right. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Can't forget that. We are like on 32 episodes already. Vanessa Baldwin is my co-host and it's called the Quantum Connection Podcast. Awesome. It's a great podcast. Thank I just you. had Vanessa on last week. So oh, this yeah, is that's the right. other half of the their dynamic duo. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks so much. Well, Heather, before. thanks so much. Yes, absolutely. And like I end all podcasts, just go outside. <laughs> <laughs>